This is the best of investing on 860 AM, The Answer. The show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown. My two co-hosts, Mark Homp and Mom Fawn, are off today, uh, but I do have a special guest I'm going to introduce in just a second here. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during the show. And that certificate's not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Today's trivia theme is miscellaneous trivia. And today in the studio, we have Bill Vimel, CEO of First Lean Capital L. LP, a distressed mortgage investment platform. Uh, Bill, welcome to the best of investing. Thank you. Glad to be here. All right. So let's uh, let's get right into it. What is going on in the real estate and mortgage market these days that perhaps the public is not seeing or reading about? Well, the thing that everybody in the uh, public is hearing about is a dramatic rise in interest rates um, the last six months. And here we sit, October of 2022, a year ago today, a $300,000 mortgage, you could probably get a conforming loan, you know, in the three, three and a half percent range, it would cost you 1400 bucks a month. And here we are one year later, rates are, are more than double that in many parts of the country. So that same $300,000 mortgage costs well over $2,000 a month. And it's, and what we're not seeing is how much a prolific uh, effect this has had on the mortgage origination market, real estate volumes in general. Um, you know, real estate is tends to be a little bit of a, a lagging industry in terms of reporting. So a lot of the slowdown that might be happening, we're not yet seeing in the public eye. What we where I'm seeing it is is I play in the in the secondary mortgage market. I deal with uh, the private equity, institutional investors, banks that are financing the origination of these mortgages, uh, single family or otherwise, all around the country. And what I see right now is a bloodbath in the world of refi- com- mortgage originators that have been trying to refine. You know, they're in the refinance business every day. The big original Rocket Mortgage uh, announces new layoffs. Um, There are smaller non-bank lenders that are highly leveraged. And right now, because of the major move in interest rates, are now seeing their, uh, their, their capital lines either pulled or paused, or the rates on those Uh, on those wholesale lines have also gone up. So they've gone up very quickly uh, while it's been hard for lenders and originators to bring new product into their portfolio at those higher rates. You see a lot of non-bank lenders in a negative leverage situation right now. Well, well, let me me, uh, ask you this because it it seems like, let's say, uh, just pick Rocket Mortgage just because you mentioned them. 
uh, and you know nothing nothing bad about them, just the idea yeah. of what's going on. Um, so two things I see, and tell me if I'm correct in this, uh, two two big problems I see for them is uh, and regular banks like that is the fact that a lot of buyers are easing up on their purchases. Uh, canceling contracts, et cetera. Right. But then also because interest rates have gone up, the refi market is, I don't yeah. want to say zero, but it's, there's not much to read. You know, if you had a, if you were smart enough to refinance at 3% a few years ago, why are you going to refinance again at 7%? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's why all these layoffs. The market is, I mean, that some companies that are out there that rely majority on refis and rockets pretty heavy on the refi yeah. market. Now yeah. they're trying to do stuff, lowering their guidelines, trying to do stuff to maintain origination flow, but you know, they need to be proactive companies like the, these companies need to be proactive in terms of restructuring their model and their expectations and their, their overhead uh, moving forward because you're absolutely right. Right. You've got some companies out there that have already completely gone under. There's a company called Sprout Mortgage. Mm-hmm. You know, when they went out of business about two two months ago, uh, you know, the day before payroll left, oh. you know, several hundred employees in Southern California without oh. a payment. Now there obviously are lawsuits and people will get paid. Yeah. But you've got um, one of the largest aggregators of conforming and non-conforming originations, uh, uh, guaranteed um what's it called? First Guarantee Mortgage Corporation? They, they went into bankruptcy three months ago. Is that right? Wow. Yeah. I mean, there is a lot of stuff that is happening that's making the headlines amongst us in the mortgage and real estate industry, yeah. but has not yet really hit the public eye. Well, well something like a rocket mortgage, uh, you got to figure that they've got to have leverage too. And that, like you're saying, okay. with, with regard to their lines of credit or, or their investors demanding a higher rate of return, Turn. I don't. I don't know exactly how they're financed, but that could really squeeze the market. <laughs> that's exactly. That's exactly. That's exactly what I anticipate is happening and will continue to happen through the end of this year and possibly into the first or second quarter of next year. I mean, we are not yet. Since this is a public radio station, I'm not going to use curse words, but we're not in the O. What? we're not there yet believe it or not with all the bad news you're seeing in the stock market with all of the start of the the hints of certain parts of the country real estate um uh you know deals are deal flow is is slowing down and commercial deals are dying we are not yet at the worst of it all right we're going to continue just a minute our first trivia question what common atom anatomical part are sharks missing what common anatomical part are sharks missing all right stay with us best of investing we'll be right back for more information on today's topic call edward brown directly at 888-912-1190 the best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 a.m the answer now back to the best of investing with edward brown on 860 a.m the answer Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Edward Brown here along with Bill Bimel. Uh First trivia question, what common anatomical part, hey, I finally got that right without uh, mumping up the words, um, are sharks missing? <clears throat> what anatomical part do sharks not have? 
What do you think, Bill? Uh, nose? Uh, uh, bones. Because they have cartilage, not, not bones. Okay. The dogs like that answer. That's, a, that's okay. Um, so, uh, you know, a question for you, because it's interesting. You know, I, I do a lot of work with Pacific Private Money, and they're very busy right now. And I have to think that even though we were just talking about the problems in the mortgage market, the fact is, because of a lot of companies, let's say like a rocket mortgage, has have um, laid off people. It seems like Pacific Private Money has become a bigger fish in a smaller pond. That's exactly right, and you'll see more of that happening as the more conforming, traditional, bigger uh, lenders, or even private lenders, some of the smaller ones, as they continue to evaporate and yeah. just go. You know, some are just not lending whatsoever, yeah. and and you'll see the the private money lenders uh definitely increase market share you're going to see a lot i think a lot of the refinances you will see in the coming year are going to be bailout refinances or people that are trying to get around um you know what you know the the fact that they you know are in some kind of a situation whether it's a maturity default or whatnot then they have to to finance and, and they're gonna some of them will have to seek private private uh, lending organizations yeah because you, you know hopefully the banks won't go back to 2007 you know, and eight where they were just lending out money like water. I mean, they, they have, you know, Dodd-Frank has put some restrictions on that and hopefully Correct. they don't just loosen that up too much, you know? Well, it's an interest. It's interesting that you say that Edward, because the, the, that is true. The banks do have much higher, like if you're, if you're getting a loan from a bank, you are definitely a top credit quality borrower. The issue is, is that the mortgage industry, when you look at residential mortgages, for instance, traditionally about 70% of mortgages in this country were financed or originated by banks. Yeah. Even if you, you, know, you, you start to, to, to include the government-owned or the government-insured loans, yeah. that industry changed so much in the la- since the last downturn of 2008 because of the restrictions that banks had they then had less uh, opportunity to, to take market share. And so the bank's market share in this industry, in the $12 trillion mortgage industry, has decreased to about 50% of the mortgages out there. And wow. to fill that, that, that 20 30% gap are these non-bank lenders that I talk about. And you don't know, you know, they're not as heavily regulated. So Exactly. They are regulated, but not as much. You know, they don't have... Uh, uh, interest reserves and, you know, that, that sort of thing. Um, uh, but, you know, it's interesting because you think, you know, people still move. People right. still, you know, the baby boom, well, not the baby boomers, but now the, the uh, millennials are now starting to buy houses. So it's not like the entire real estate market dried up. Right. You know, um, right. and so again, yeah, the- and you'll see that's right. And, you know, it's interesting because we're there's a real opportunity in the fixed income market because of the move in interest rates. And we're looking at this right now. And you know, one of the things I say to my partners is just that is that, you know, even when you have a three and a half percent mortgage, a 30, 30 year fixed, yeah. there's a certain subset of those people that have to move to a different property, a different, they get a job relocation. Yeah. There's a, you know, they get married and have to move up in scale so those loans do get paid off and there still has to be some level of activity obviously in the market or or the baby boomers getting older like me who uh you know eventually want to go from a two-story house to a one-story house or move closer to their kids uh you know grandkids stuff like that so 
Uh, you know, it's funny, Mark Tom, president of Pacific Road Private Money, said, you know, he says, you can always make money in the real estate market, not up market or down market. It's just a matter of, you know, where you are. It's just, right. just being smart. So um, let, let, let's get into what you do then. Um, because you know, obviously you're not just sitting around going, uh-oh. I mean, you're, you're, you're obviously looking for opportunities. Oh, my gosh. This is the time for me. Um, you know, because of this discontinuity in the secondary mortgage market, that's really the market that we play in. Okay. So a lot of the product that we source comes from secondary, from buying from banks, non-bank lenders, institutional investors. And because a lot of those, we're seeing more and more of those guys under stress these days, the opportunities are just, uh, uh, you know, unbelievable for a guy like myself, right? Okay. Now. Are they, are, are they offering to you both performing and non-performing? Correct. Loans? Okay. Correct. So, and, and why would they, uh, I can understand why they want to unload their non-performing loans. Why do they want to unload their performing loans? Exactly what I said in the early part. You have the banks that are leveraging these portfolios are telling them they've got to decrease the the the, the LTV that they because there's an expectation in lower earning and values. There's an increase in interest rates because of all that. The banks are shutting the, down these warehouse lines or telling their their clients, their borrowers. Meaning, when I say borrowers, I'm talking about the originators themselves using wholesale lines of credit, using bank lines. They are forced to sell. And then you've also got other banks out there. I mean, I saw a bank that owned a, a thirty million dollar set of low interest performing loans. They were conforming. They just never put them into Fannie. So they ended up keeping the loans. And now that interest rates have gone up, there's a directive from the bank to sell those loans at any cost. You know, that, you know that, I tell you, that reminds me, um, years ago, after my dad passed, my mom, who had a low interest rate loan, uh, it was Great Western Bank uh, back then, I remember. And they sent her a letter saying, if you pay off this loan early, we'll actually give you a discount off the principal. And when I looked at the numbers, it, it didn't make sense. But it, but I thought it was very interesting that they just didn't want those long term low interest rate loans. It's yeah. funny. I'm waiting if uh, Loan Depot is going to uh, give me one because I I I, you know, I didn't know I was going to hit it close to the bottom. But I got yeah. a and I did get a 15 year rather than a 30 year because I, I I wanted to get that extra better interest rate. Sure. But I walked in 15 year fully amortized, uh, 1.99%. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So that's a great low. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm waiting for them to say, you know, hey, if you, if you can great finance us out, we'll give you a, you know, bonus. You know, it could happen. You're certainly more likely to see it from a loan depot if they're sitting on the loan than you would from see that from, you know, like a, maybe a city bank or somebody that's more of a long term regulated player. Um, yeah, and whether or not they're a portfolio lender or just, you know, right, service right. on that. Very interesting. Right, right. Absolutely. It's yeah. very it's interesting times ahead. We're not going to see a mortgage meltdown like we saw in 2008. No, because right. it's not a credit bubble. Correct. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we talk about what you anticipate the, uh, the, the prices to drop a bit. Let's go to our second commercial trivia question here. What gymnastic event often sees men performing the Iron Cross or crucifix, they call it. All right, that's our trivia question. <clears throat> Excuse me, call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer is going to win that dating certificate, which is worth, by the way, over $100. So it's a nice little uh, uh, gift for you there. 
Again, here's a trivia question. What gymnastic event often sees men performing the Iron Cross or Crucifix? Stay with us. You're listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown, our special guest, Bill Bimel. Don't touch that dial. we got some good stuff to talk about. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bill Vimal. Our second trivia question, what gymnastic event often sees men performing the Iron Cross or Crucifix? What do you call that, Bill? What, it's, that, it's that thing with the bar where the with the <laughs> circles hang. Yes, yes. <laughs> what do they call that? <laughs> the rings. 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 Oh, wow. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's what you know. I tell you, when I ask these questions, I'm hoping people are listening in their car and they're going, Oh, I know the answer. I know the answer, but I don't want to channel surf because I might miss it. So they have to listen to our commercials. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So Bill, um, let me ask you, what do you expect to happen in the real estate market? Uh, obviously, there's going to be pockets. Play, you know, California is going to be different than Iowa. But generally speaking, uh, what, what's your prediction? So, um, you know, when when as prices have increased, you've seen a lot of the of people who lost affordability in major metropolitans going to greener and growing areas, right? Yeah, and now. Um, those were, those are the markets that have seen such dramatic increases in values, areas like, and then, and then when I say green and grower, I'm talking about old cities, old towns that maybe didn't have popularity before. Boise, Idaho, the yeah. Californians fell in love with Boise, Idaho. San Antonio. You know, San Antonio, uh, Salt, uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Yeah. Um, you know, and these, and these areas um, have seen Austin, Texas. These, yeah. these, these these areas have seen, you know, double digit year over year increases in prices. Now you're coming up against a, a doubling of financing costs, and you're going to see a real reversal. And it's it's a shame because when when the mortgage and real estate market finally starts to become front front center page in the next few months, it's yeah. going to be things like twenty percent drop in in housing in in Austin, Texas. Okay. The the story behind it is is last year prices went up thirty five percent. Sure. So, sure. You know, there's not today, but yeah. yeah, you know, you're yeah. gonna get some people that were caught with their hand in the cookie jar that didn't, you know, that might have overpaid, yeah. and you still see that in markets. You see Southern California, you know, Newport Beach, high quality new construction, five million dollar home. You might get it. You might end up selling that for six. You know, so there's still good quality markets that will demand. Uh, that will demand buyers. But in general, there's going to be pockets of this country. And I think it's going to be the stuff that that rose very quickly, that may be the more suburban locations or the, the areas that people could escape to, you know, to because there are jobs allowed it, maybe they're getting called back to work. 
along the East Coast, I think Florida will have to see. You know, Florida has, it's always whipsawed in Florida. Yeah. It's, it's gone through, over the years, it's always gone through ups and downs. And and yes, you see a generally more people moving to Florida. You see a lot of money moving out of the high tax states down to Florida. But it's not going to make up for the rising interest rates and just the fact that markets are cyclical. So, now, do, you, do you think California, let's, since we're a yeah. California-based show, you're in California, I'm in California. Yep. You know, we lost the Senate seat. You know, people are saying, oh, there's an exodus of California. You know, people, everybody's moving out. I haven't moved out yet. Yeah. Uh, and I've noticed that traffic today was pretty bad still. <laughs> uh, well, what, what do you see from a California market? Again, obviously, Newport Beach. Well, well if you, you've been around, you were around for the last downturn, oh, yeah. right? You know, Inland Empire, you know, was was so young and green at the time, and it was so speculative yeah. that that market blew up and became valueless. Um, so I'm not saying that Inland Empire is going to do that, but there's other markets on the exterior of the, of the LA market, for instance, that could see that kind of more serious uh, devaluation. Uh, 25%, 50%. What do you think? Yeah. yeah no, no, it's not going to, it's not, I would not say 50. I would say at worst case scenario, 25, you know, it's hard to predict. Um, I don't think that in general, Los Angeles it's not going to look as bad as it looks. You'll have some very high end of the market that will just have the the socks knocked out of it. You'll have, um, I think, some commercial. You'll have some distress in the commercial market in L.A. and Southern California because, you know, there's going to be a, a, a contraction of businesses, especially in the office markets, a contraction of number of demand in, in offices, a need to reposition that in the commercial world. Um, there is still, I think, a, a, if you if you're an affordable housing creator or somewhere in the middle of like, you know, just above affordable, <laughs> you might still have uh, you might be OK. You know, the problem is, is I, you know, I, and I talk to a lot of multifamily developers and they all want to sing to the, you know, that there's going to be so much continued demand because we do have a shortage of housing in America. The problem is we have a shortage of affordable housing and most developers don't afford to afford. And and I guess Gascon hasn't uh, uh, driven everybody out. You know, the interesting thing too about, you know, the, uh, everyone's been hearing about the, border crisis and, and how, you know, every town now is, is a border town. I mean, you know, what is the statistic, if I'm not mistaken, is what, 6 million people are, they're expected. And, you know, it's been 3 million so far or whatever. And if you think about it, uh, you know, and, and not every illegal immigrant coming over is a drug dealer. I mean, right. you know, some of them have skills, some of them don't. But they all need a place to live. That could, it could certainly help feed more demand going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, and so yeah, I mean, look, you know, you're going to see um, long term, you're going to have markets like Los Angeles, the good, you know, the areas of Los Angeles. You know, Los Angeles is, you know, like every major city, like San Francisco, like New York, going through its ups and downs, crimes an issue, things like yeah. that. But people still want to live here. You still, you know, and weather. (laughs) I mean, that's, you know, and, 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 you know, I I feel for the people who went through the hurricane, uh, Ian, you know, and and we haven't had an earthquake for a while, but uh, anyway, Hey, tell you what, we want to go to our next commercial break before we do. I want to make a mention here for Palio restaurant in San Francisco, been voted one of the best restaurants in San Francisco by San Franciscans. So, you know, that's gotta be a good place. If, the hometown people say it's good. Check them out. Palio 
sf.com. Let's see, third trivia question is, which state is located directly west of Louisiana? That's our trivia question. Call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer wins that tanning certificate. Don't touch that dial. The best of investing. We'll be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM. The answer. Now, back to the best of investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM. The answer. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Edward Brown along with Bill Bimel here. Uh, which state is located directly west of Louisiana? Bill, what's the answer? Texas. To that? Texas. No, okay, now you got one for three. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> but, but, but if you were in baseball, that would get you in the Hall of Fame. That's all right. right. Yeah, see, that's all you needed to do. Okay, uh, let's see here. So um, what will your fund do to capitalize on the opportunities ahead? Because you have a fund that what buys discounted mortgages. That's correct. That's correct. And um, you know, we started our first fund about two years ago. Friends and family, personal money of mine. We joint ventured with some Wall Street institutional partners who really trust us and believe in who we are. And that was when we were predicting. You know, we've been working in the distressed loan market for fifteen years, yeah. uh, and it's been a tough buy it's been tough to buy distressed product in the last five years because you know it doesn't look like there's a ton of distress in real estate but there's always a distressed seller so we really focused our first two years on on distressed sellers and when i say distressed sellers we buy from funds that are seven years old and they've got some you know some issue with this documents they can't wait any longer they want to sell you know the note or the real estate and just not deal with it so but what's happened what's really happening now is there's such dislocation in secondary markets. There's opportunity to buy performing loans cheaper than you can even buy non-performing. And then there's obviously going to be a continued, uh, there's going to be an uptick in in defaults. I mean, it's just a natural occurrence that when we go into a recession, we'll see an uptick in defaults for one reason or another. And and it's going to look, again, going back to where the media is going to, the headlines are going to look, you're going to see doubling of default rates in in one year but you know that's because we're at the lowest default rates in history yeah yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) the thing is will the you think the government's going to put one of those moratoriums on I don't, you know, I, it, it, the last time during CARES, you had a medical emergency, yeah. you had a scientific, you know, emergencies, you had a real reason to keep people in their homes. And even then, I feel like certain states took it too far uh, sure. and people are definitely taking advantage of it. I don't, it felt a little bit too uh, overhanded on the top part of the government. Well, I'll tell you a quick little story here. So uh, I know of a, uh, a a place where the people, most of the people who live there, were retired, living off pensions. So right. their income was not affected by you know layoffs or, or you know working at a restaurant and, and and getting fired because of COVID, right? But all they did, uh, but boy, a few of them just ran to the manager and just said, "COVID, I don't have to pay." COVID. It's like, wait a minute, 
your income was not affected at all. You still got your social security, you still got your pension check. You can't just yell COVID, right? So um, let me ask you though, when you when you take over a loan that has is is non perform becomes non performing is already non performing, do you try to modify the loan and keep the borrower in? Oh, the house? that's the, yeah, one hundred percent. I wrote a book about this five years ago called uh, Win Win Revolution, and we really yeah. looked to have a, a huge. We have had a huge influence on the non-performing loan investor market in terms of how to approach the distressed loans when you're buying pools. The first 30 to 40% of every NPL portfolio that we buy ends up performing again. And that's because we work hand and foot. The first 90 to 100 days, we take ownership of a loan. We work with borrowers. If there's any opportunity to keep them in their home, or in the case of investment property, to get it to a point where it makes sense for the borrower to start paying again. Okay. So you, so one okay, one thing would be potentially lower their principal. You bought it at, you know, if it's a $100,000 loan, you bought it at 60000 You could all agree it's a now $80,000 loan. It's good for the borrower, good for you. Uh, potentially change the interest rate, uh, potentially just make maybe not even so much the interest rate. It's mostly probably going to be the mortgage payment. That's going to be the deriving factor, whether or not these people are, you know, if they were paying $600 a month, you tell them now on only pay $500 a month, But, but you still have to make it in such a point where, it still makes financial sense to you. So it has not only make financial sense to us, but it also the borrower has to be able to commit to that long term. We don't want to yeah. set them into a, a, one of two things that we, we saw happen the last downturn. In many cases, borrowers got put into these low interest modifications that were with a huge deferred balance or something like that. And it was basically like putting people into a rental payment with the hope that the mortgage market would come back and they would somehow become whole again. Believe it or not, after 15 years of a research or 10 years of of market of the, of those uh, real estate values going up, some of those people are still underwater. And, um, and, you know, in some cases it worked and people got around long enough to sell the properties uh, or break even and whatnot, you know, that doesn't really work. So, so what we'll do is we'll look more like, you know, can we take this person from 30 year mortgage to 40 year mortgage? Uh, That's a very common uh, 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 practice now. Like you said, lowering the interest rate, um, you know, in the, we, I believe that this interest rate move will may continue upward, believe it or not, for another quarter or two, but it's going to come back down as quick as the Fed can possibly do it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you can't destroy the economy. Look, I mean, we all lived through the early 1980s. So in your fund, what kind of uh, target rate of return are you trying to achieve? Uh, historically, we have our funds have returned about a fifteen percent unlevered yield. So our investors usually end is up- that all. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that's 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 great. It's pretty good. It's pretty, yeah. pretty good. You know, and when, when I created this newest fund that we're now opening up to the general public, it's a you know five hundred six C accredited investors, of course, yeah. only accredited investors. It is. Um, uh, it is uh, the first. You know, I I'm a guy that's come back from Wall Street uh, and mm-hmm. wants to bring an esoteric, nuanced strategy 
back to the smaller investor, back to my friends and family who normally would not have access to this other than through in take through buying shares in some kind of, you know, Goldman Sachs NPL opportunity bond, but you're not really sure what you're buying anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but uh, you, you know, let me interrupt for a second because I wanted to go back to you uh, trying to modify loans for your borrowers. You know, I, I don't see the uh, twirling mustache, uh, you know, uh, on your, on your, on your, where you put, I don't think I've heard that you ever put anybody on a railroad track, you know, but, um, uh, you know, the interesting thing on that too, is that it, it seemed like in the old days, uh, there were, you know, predatory people just basically we're, we're doing this just so we can steal your house. Right. And so it's really kind of nice. It's a little bit of an impact investing type of thing where you can say, Hey, we're actually trying to do good by the borrower. If you can. Absolutely. We have, a, you know, it's really been my, uh, I, you know, I did not get into the, I was a real estate guy. I did not get into the debt buying business to become a debt collector. <laughs> it's just not what we, you know, I like, I, I, we, under, we have a good, I had a good understanding of real estate. I too personally was impacted by all of the horrible servicing that was going on at the last downturn where borrowers couldn't even get, you know, their banks to tell them anything or the servicers were telling borrowers they had to stop making payments in order to talk to them. You know, I mean, I saw all of that. that. And, and, um, and so a lot of that really reflects on my, my attitude when we come into this is how can we make a lot of money for investors and do good for society. All right. Stay with us, Bill. We're going to be back. The the, uh, Best of Investing will be back with some closing comments. Don't touch that dial, audience. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, Bill Bimel. Hey, Bill, uh, what advice can you give uh, independent investors? A cash flow and all that? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I, I'll, I'll speak to real estate, of course, and I'm not an investment advisor, I have to bring, but, but in the, you know, really cash flow is king right yeah. now. Um, an asset in the real estate world that is, that is able to, to pay for itself will, um, will certainly weather any downturn in real estate values. So, so, um, but the other side of that is, is that there are, is some real estate out there that some of you might own that has really benefited from, you know, the way markets have gone the last 10 years. And you might own those, those properties free and clear. So you can think about, you know, is there some way to take some money off the table? If you're looking to get more liquid, whether it's to either have cash on hand for retirement or we'll say it was something like that, or maybe if you're looking to get more liquid to play, what's going to about to happen in terms of opportunity uh now would be a time uh you know before you know stuff really hits the fan that to 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 take some money off the table in terms because because what will happen is the higher interest rates will cause a devaluation in certain real estate sectors certain asset classes in certain areas of the country 
And, and, you know, you, it'll take a while to make that up again. So, you know, it, it, even with, even as rates do come down. So, you know, if you use an opportunity to take some of that cash off the table, get some powder ready, that's my second piece of advice. And my first piece of advice, as I mentioned, is stay in anything that's cash flowing. All right. Bill, if uh, anybody's interested in learning more about your fund, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, my personal website is billbymel.com, B-I-L-L-B-Y-M-E-L.com. And my company is firstleancapital.com, firstleancapital, uh, L-I-E-N, of course. All right. And I want to uh, thank you very much for uh, joining us. I want to give a, a quick mention here also for, you know, Pacific Pipe of Money uh, is still providing uh, mortgage investments, uh, you know, not 15%, but uh, 7 8 or 9%, very conservative with liquidity. Um you know, by the way, I forgot to ask you, how long, if someone wanted to get into your fund, uh, what is the liquidity feature? Right. How, now, how long is that term? We, we, we ask a minimum of a two-year lockup. Okay, After that, we're, we're, we've got a 90-day redemption period. Oh, all right. But, you know, in order for an inv- investor to um, take full advantage of that mid-teens return, you're looking at the life of the fund being three to five years. Well, for that kind of rate of return, that's 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 not unreasonable. Yeah. And we've had a lot of people invest uh, in the Pacific Private Money Fund, uh, their Freedom Fund, actually. Pacific Private Money is the company. Their Freedom Fund, uh, the, there's there's really no lockup. You just need to give a 30-day notice. Uh, it pays 7% for $250,000. For $500,000, it pays 8%. For a million or more, it pays 9%. Uh, we've actually had people put in mid-seven figures in that. Uh, for this very reason, they've had there's a lot of demand still for their loans, and uh, they they have uh, outlets of, for selling the loans. So that's why there's a lot of liquidity, a lot of money coming back every few weeks. Uh, and I love the your 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 company's program there. The the fact that it is so liquid that people can come and go yeah. as they please, I think, makes it really one of the more unique lending investment pro platforms. It, 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 yeah, you are 100% correct. And for, for that more information on that, uh, go to pacificprivatemoney.com. Check out the website. Uh, in fact, they're one of the largest in the country for doing the owner-occupied uh, consumer bridge loans. And uh, we're we're probably going to do close to a billion dollars this year in, in origination. So rather than buying discounted loans, uh, they're, they're actually originating the, the notes. I love you guys. You guys are the bailout capital for my NPL. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> in fact, it's interesting because they are going to be, uh, uh, there, there is a fund, our Southwest fund uh, pays a flat. Uh, actually, we raise the interest rate to 8% uh, also with liquidity. And that, and that actually does buy discounted loans. Not, not as big as yours though. All right. Uh, you ready for our thoughts? Thoughts for the day. Why are locomotives so good at what they do? They train. And uh, did you hear about the man who evaporated? He will be missed. All right. Tune in next week to the best of investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown. We're wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for The Best of Investing on 860 AM. 
The Answer. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we believe are reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Nothing in this broadcast should be interpreted to state or imply that past results are an indication of future performance. There are no warranties expressed or implied as to accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from this broadcast.